listen, let me give you a couple of caveats that I that I, have, I gave you last week. Today's message, just like the next couple, are rated PG-13. So uh, I can't talk about love, sex, and marriage without talking about love, sex, and marriage. And so if you want to explain to your seven-year-old, that's up to you, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just, I'm giving you a fair warning. This may be the time. Uh, if, if you don't want your children, uh, I promise I won't be crude. I never would embarrass you. But I, we got to talk about real stuff. Come on, somebody. We got we to talk about that. The second thing, and I want everybody to look at me right in the eyes. Listen real close to me. I want to always preach to you truth and love. I never want you to come to City Hills and think, man, I, I left guilty or ashamed. This is a life-giving church. I, I tell our dream team all the time, I want you to leave here lighter than what you came in. I mean, when you come in and you're heavy, and I want you to leave here with something taken off of you. But I can't make the Bible not say some stuff that the Bible says. You understand what I'm telling you? That's why the Bible would say this about Jesus and John. It said that Jesus came. He's the only begotten of the Father. He was full of, you ready for this? Grace and truth. There's a balance that we have to have of that. Grace comes first. So I'm going to preach it in love and full of grace. But I have to preach truth to you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So there are going to be some things today and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to go, oh my gosh, you're talking right to me. Some of you are going to look at your spouse and be like, why did you email him? You know I told you not to say nothing about that. I promise you nobody's emailed me. I don't know your world. I don't know your life. I do know there are some predictable things that most relationships go through. And I do know what this book says about our relationships. And my first obligation. Is to love you and to love this book. And I got to tell you what's in this book. Is that okay with you? Will you you open up your heart and like receive what I got to tell you today with love. And know that I love you very much. And I never want you to leave here full of shame or guilt. Because look around you. This place is a hospital. All right. There's blood everywhere. Y'all don't even know it. There's people open wounds everywhere. Not for real. Because if for real you got to get out of here if you got to open. I ain't trying to catch what you got. But I'm just saying. This is a spiritual hospital, man. Everybody doesn't have it together. Don't believe that lie. So the the, the enemy will tell you, well, he's talking to you because he knows. No, 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 no. Everybody's got something. And I just want you to to have your heart open to that. Are Are you okay with that? Say amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Inside of this book is the word of life. And I open my heart right now. And I'm ready to receive it. I'm going to leave here better than I came. God, anoint me today to preach the truth of this word. Saturated, covered, submerged in love. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Amen. So we started this series last week, uh, uh, the new rules for love, sex, and marriage. And the reason that we said this series is so important is because so many of us have sort of given up on, you know, finding a real relationship that matters or that lasts. And maybe you've done that for a lot of different reasons. Maybe you've done that because, you know, your parents didn't have the best marriage and you're like, man, if that's marriage, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, I don't, I don't want to be anything like that. Or maybe it's not just what you saw, but what you've lived. You know, you've lived through a, a couple of bad relationships or a bad marriage or, you know, just a heartbreak. And you think, man, I don't ever want to sort of get back in that spot again. So there's a lot of people in our culture, there are people in this room who've just decided if that's the way relationships go, I don't want anything to do with them. 
Like, I don't, I don't want to get married. I don't, I don't want to, I, I just, I don't want to make a commitment. I don't even know if I believe in it anymore. There's a whole school of thought. People say, I don't even know if I believe in, you know, the institution of marriage. But I got I to gotta be honest with you. Marriage was God's idea. And relationships are God's idea. And so, if God's got an idea about it, you and I deserve to look in this book and say, God, what's your plan for this? And if I do that, let me, let me, let me be real honest with you. It's possible for you to have a great relationship. Say amen to that. Like it doesn't have to be terrible. It doesn't have to be this awful thing that you think, oh my gosh, I got it. How many, how, you're just counting down the days till your husband dies. You're like, why? Eat it. Here's another cheeseburger. Like just speed this up. You know what I mean? Like, well, do you have chest pains yet? Eat another one. <laughs> like, just, just stay with it. You know what I mean? Because I just don't like you and I made a mistake and, and, and you're just like your mama or, or you're, you know, you're just like your daddy or don't say that if you want to sleep at home tonight or you just like you just think, man, it's just not possible. But let me tell you, without reservation, listen to me, it's possible. And it's not only possible, God wants you to have a great relationship. A great first marriage. God wants it. Now, if you're here today and you're on the second or third marriage, I don't want you to feel shame about that. But I want you to, at some point in this world, decide this is the time I'm going to do it God's way. And I'm going to do my best to stay on this course. Are you okay with that? Say amen. Especially if you're dating or you're single, this message is going to help you. Now, I'm not, I'm not excluding married people because it's some married folks. I'm telling you, you need what I'm preaching today. But I'm especially pointing towards... People who are single or who are dating or who would like to date, who'd looking around to date, you trying to date somebody, you trying to get at somebody, you just or or maybe you're coming out of a marriage, you're coming out of a relationship, and you're single again, and you're like Stella got her groove back. It's time to get back. I'm babies. I'm on the market again. Whatever it is, I want to help you through that. If you're married, you're not on the market again. No, don't be, don't look around, but I want to help you through that. I, I want to help you. And so last week we said it this way, that, that we, we don't buy into the right person myth. The right person myth says that if I find the right person, that everything in my life will be right because I've found Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and they make everything in my life right. And we said that's just a lie. You, you can't find a right person who makes all of your stuff right. It's just not, not possible. So we said last week, if you were here you can listen to the the podcast or you can take notes uh, on this we said that you have to become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for we ask are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for if you're married in the room and you think man I wish I had a spouse that and whatever you filled in the blank with are you becoming the spouse that the spouse you're married to wishes they were married to. Let me say it that way. Are you, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Because there's just a myth that you're going to find the right person out there in the world who just completes you and makes you all right. And so it, the way that you sort of dispel that, the way you sort of get rid of the right person myth is, is by having a vision for what God wants for you. Now, I preach about vision a lot. If you don't like talking about destiny and vision and dreams and your life being more, you're going to hate City Hills Church because I talk about it all the time because I just think wherever you are in life, God's got more for you. Come on, God's got better for me. It's I, I'm never I'm never going to arrive at this place where everything that's you know is is all I've still got more to go. So the way that you sort of dispel that right person myth is you have a, a vision for your future. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says it this way: Where there is no vision, people perish. Let me say it another way: Where there is no vision, relationships die. Where there is no vision, marriages 
die. Another translation said they cast off restraint. You don't have any. In other words, if you don't know what kind of marriage you want to have or what kind of relationship you want to have, you're just going to aimlessly wander through your relationships and never land on what God would have for you. Say amen to that. You got to have. Are you awake? Say amen to that. Come on, it's 1045. Y'all, y'all can throw something at 1045. Y'all wake up. So I want you to have a vision for that. I, here's the way. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this first thing down. I want you to get a clear vision of your future so that your present can produce it. I want you to get a clear picture of what I want my future to be so that my present can produce it. I have a clear vision that I'm not going to have to wear husky jeans all of my life. But I can't, how are you going to amen that that loud? I can't keep doing in my present the things that are creating what's wrong with me now and expect a different future. Do you understand what I'm saying? All of the jeans I own are skinny jeans. Come on, when you're fat, everything tight. You know what I'm talking about? Everything's skinny jeans. All of, I'm a, I'm a 2XL up here and a medium down here. Like, everything's skinny jeans. But I can't do something in my present and just expect that what I'm doing now will create a different future. I'm already preaching good. Listen, you have to get a future for the relationship that you want. You have to get a vision say, that's where I want to go. And I'm going to change my now so that I can have that then. Say amen to that. you got to get a vision for the future that you want so that your present can Produce it, especially if you aren't married yet. Most people are not ready and they don't even know they are not ready to get married. I have performed in almost 20 years of ministry a lot of weddings. And so they stand down there in front of you and everybody asks you to say the same thing at their wedding. And they think they're unique and you're like, oh, that's beautiful. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. That's so good. And I've said it in every wedding I've ever done. But anyway, so you say, you look at one another and, and, and you say, I require you. This is what I tell the couple. I require you to promise to love her and to cherish her and to honor her. And he's all, <laughs> he's snotting. I require you to respect her and to put God's will and her will before your own and be true to her until death alone shall part you. And then he, and then I ask him, do you promise to say that? And he's crying and he says, she's crying and then you say repeat after me and they say their vows and you know we're from Texas so it's like ah Bobby (laughs) take you Alejandra Rosa Maria Santo Domingo (laughs) you know what I'm saying because it's it's, it's Texas I'd take you to be my wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward and, and, and I, for better or for worse, and for richer or for poorer, and sickness and in health, and you're crying already, and to love and encourage and share my dreams with, and to be your best friend, and to remain loyal in everything until I die. And listen to me, I have never had a single person at the altar look at me and say, hey, oh, I can't do what you're asking me to say right now, like... No one has ever said, ah, I don't know, preacher. I don't know if I can do all that stuff you're asking me to do. Everybody, without a doubt, says, that's exactly what I do. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. 
I promise. And then we play God bless the broken road and all that sort of stuff. And here's the reason why. It's because you feel the emotion of the moment. It's emotion based. And in the moment you promise to do all of that stuff. Here's the problem. That emotion will die quickly. Like around the reception. You know what I'm talking about. Like... And you tell yourself, I'm in love. Listen to me. We lose our minds when we're in love. You hear me? Humankind goes bananas when they're in love. They say things like, we have a song. We both like dogs. His eyes are blue. My favorite color is blue. Oh my God, I love it. And you just love, and you just lose your mind. And I'm sitting here going, oh God. Do you promise to, oh Jesus. And I know. And everybody out there knows. <laughs> but you promise. But you promise. I promise this is what I'm going to do. I promise this is how it's I, everything. I, listen, this is just what I'm just going to do. And then here's what happens. I promise to love you. And love is not the problem. Love is never the problem. It's that respect and honor and cherish and richer and poorer thing that we have a problem with. Because here's what's going to happen. Six months down the road, you're going to look at that joker and say, Listen, buddy, come here, look at me. I know I said richer or poor, but I didn't actually think it was possible for us to get poorer. I didn't know you had a credit score of 10. Like I, I didn't like I didn't know that I didn't know all this stuff about you. And so now the emotion of the moment that you made the promise in is gone. Now we have to decide how to build a marriage. What are we going to do now? And the truth of the matter is you have to prepare before you stand, hopefully not at Kendall Elementary, but whatever venue you rent that I'll do your wedding in. You have to prepare when you stand there before this moment and I make the promise and the emotion that I've prepared for this promise. Do you understand what I'm telling you? That I've, I've, just, I've done all the work before I get here so that in that moment when I make that promise, I actually can do what it is that I say I'm going to do. Dating is not a test. It's an evaluation. Dating is not a test. Dating is not even a status on Facebook. Come on, somebody. It's not. You in a relationship don't mean nothing. You hear me? It's not. It's an evaluation. It's saying, how can I? I'm evaluating you. I'm dating you to see if I'm trying to mate you. You know what I'm trying to say? That's why I'm dating you. You date to find a mate. You do not date recreationally just for fun and kicks. That is not what dating's for. Dating is to evaluate where are you at? What do you feel about this? How many kids you want? Five kids? Girl, you got to go. I ain't trying to have five kids. Next. How many kids you want? <laughs> I ain't trying to have five kids. You get you want you want two kids. Okay, do we want a dog? That's a big thing. That like I heard somebody in first service, somebody said we got a dog after like 10 years of marriage. They decided to get a dog. They may get a divorce over this dog. Like you just, you got to talk through this stuff. I got to prepare this stuff. Because here's the truth of the matter. Promises are no substitution for preparation. That's good preaching. You should have said amen to that. Promises are no substitution 
for preparation. I promise to do all this stuff, but they, just because I promise to do all this stuff doesn't it doesn't negate the fact that I didn't prepare for any of this stuff that I said I was going to do. Just because you say I do doesn't mean you can. Come on somebody. Just because you say, "Oh yeah, I'll do all that." Oh yeah, I promise. I promise. I do, girl, I do. Like who sings that song? Is it Boys to Men? Who who sings? Who sings I don't even know what songs in my head. I'm, I'm marrying together all my slow jams. They're all the same. I don't even know. Could be NSYNC. Could be Boys to Men. I don't know. You, you, just, you just say, man, I, I promise I'll do all this. And, the, and, then, and then you realize, man, I can't, I can't do the things that I said I was going to do. I didn't prepare the way of doing the thing that I promised you that I would do. So what do we do now? What, what, let me ask you a question. What matters most on your wedding day? Now, men, I know what you think it is. It's not that thing. It's not that thing that you think that matters most on your wedding day. There's, it's not the dress. It's not the flowers. It's not, it's not the preacher. It's, it's not even the vows. It's not. Let me tell you what matters most on your wedding day is your past. The, most, the, the, the thing that matters the most on your wedding day, married people, you better look right at me right now. Don't look nowhere. Don't move a muscle. Because when you marry him, you marry his whole crazy cotton-picking family. You hear me? His past is the most important thing. Next week, I'm, if you're wondering when we're going to talk about sex, we're talking about it next week. So the whole, whole message is about sex. So like we'll have more men than ever in church. Anyway, it's... I'm going to tell you next week, when you marry them, you marry every sexual partner they've ever had. Because your past is the most important thing on your wedding day. You can't, you can't undo what I'm calling a soul tie. You can't undo that. You can't undo. If, if, if they've had a bankruptcy, you can't, when you say I do, the bankruptcy doesn't just go away. If they've got issues or addictions, when you say I do, the addictions or issues don't just go away. Do you understand what I'm telling? All the married people got quiet. Y'all know you don't like his mama and you married her. You, she's there. She's Because the past is the most important thing. And you think, man, I just if I find the right person, I can just say I do and everything's okay. That's just not okay. You and I have to decide. I'm going to be, I'm going to prepare now to be the person I want to be when I say I do. I'm going to prepare now to commit then. Say amen to that. Let me give you some advice. If you're, if you're dating in the room, if you're not married yet, don't commit to a person yet. Commit to the process. Like, don't commit to, I know people, literally, I, we were talking the other day, Brandy, I, I told you this last week, we were talking the other day to a guy that I hadn't seen him in a couple of months. I mean, it's not been very long, and, and a decent acquaintance, and I was like, hey, man, what's new in your life? And he's like, I got married. I said, you get, I didn't know you were in a serious relationship. I had no idea. Who, who's the girl? He's like, oh, we met 49 days ago. You, I'm sorry, I thought you said you met a girl 49 days ago and you're married. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I met, we just knew that she's the one. Listen, I, if you're listening to the podcast, brother, you're going to make it, okay? <laughs> like, you, you got it. But I'm just telling all of y'all, listen to me. You got to commit to the process before you commit to the person. So many times we just commit to the person because she's my person. If you're a friends reference, are you ready? All the friends lovers in the house, all the people that watch friends, 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 friends. There's six of us going to get this reference. If they're your lobster, you know what I'm talking about? She's my lobster. He's my lobster. That I'm just supposed to be with them for the rest of my life. And you commit to the person before you commit to the process. 
then before long you'll realize, man, we've been married a year and I didn't know you like I thought I knew you. And I didn't know the past that you were bringing into our marriage. And I didn't realize all this stuff was happening. That's why Proverbs 14 and 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. He said, wise people look at their patterns, not their promises. When you're looking to marry somebody, do not look at the promise they make. You look at the pattern of their life. If their pattern is addiction, then just because you say, I do, and they promise to quit drinking so much, that promise does not supersede the pattern of their past. Say amen to that. If he cheated on you while y'all was dating... I know He promised you. I'm just asking you to commit to the process that you make sure that He's changed before you promise. Because the promise cannot substitute the preparation. That's good preaching. Say amen to that. If she's in debt right now, if she got credit card bills, listen to me. She's not going to marry you and become Dave Ramsey. They just she ain't going to do it. Hide your kids, your wife, and your wallet. Hide them all. Mama going to spend. It's not bad. You just got to know. You can't act surprised when you get married and go, I had no idea about this. I didn't know that you were addicted to that. There's some people that have found addictions out afterwards. I didn't know this was a big problem. I didn't know you had a pornography addiction. I had no idea that this was, this was going. I'm preaching about this this weekend, but I'll let you in on this. You know this, that for every 300 Hollywood movies that are produced, there are 11,000 pornographic titles that are produced. For every 300 major motion pictures, there are 11,000 pornographic images. And there, there's some people, and you think, man, I had no idea he was addicted. I had no idea she was addicted. I had no idea that was a problem. And then now we're married and we made a promise, but we didn't prepare. We didn't commit to the process of finding out. You understand what I'm saying? Say amen to that. You got, you got to just decide we're going to commit to the process. And this is the reason why. Because you will not change her. Or him. You just will not. It's called the law of spiritual gravity. Come here Max. Would you bring a chair with you to the stage? Come on hurry real quick. It's called the law of spiritual gravity. Let me, let me preach you the law of spiritual gravity. It says this. It says that whoever is in the lowest position spiritually. Has the advantage over the person who is in a higher Position. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? What I'm saying is the lower he is, gravity, spiritual gravity is on his side. He can pull me down easier than I can pull him up. You understand why? And spirituality works the exact same way. Listen to me. If he's on a lower spiritual plane than what you are, I know you're going to tug your little heart out to pull him up. But spiritual gravity is on his side. Always, always, always. Always what happens is the person on a lower spiritual plane will eventually pull you down to where they are. You will not change them. They will change you. Shout amen to that. It's the law of spiritual gravity. You can't, do, you can't go into a marriage thinking, I know that he's got this problem, but I can change him. I told you last week. There's, there's a. And this is not bad about women. This is. I'm not trying to be negative. And and uh, I just. God wired you to be compassionate. There are so many women. You know some of them. Some of you, 
are some of them that you take in every stray dog in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? You feed all the stray dogs and you've lived your relationship life feeding all the stray dogs. Because I can help him. You can't help him. You can't help him because spiritual gravity is on his side. And he will eventually, you'll start missing church and he'll pull you down. And, and you think, man, I, I think I can change him. No, no, no. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It's that spiritual gravity is on his side. Say amen to that. You got to just commit to the process. You got to say, God, what, what, tell me how to get in this process. Proverbs 14 and 15 says, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. They just say, Let me think about this before we get into this. Listen to me. If you're dating somebody or engaged, it's okay when you go home today to have a conversation that says, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying, Let's think. Let's get committed to the process. Let's go, to, let's go to premarital counseling. Let's, let, let's get in personal counseling, like individual counseling. Like we need that. We need, we, we need to meet with a preacher. We, we, need to, we just need to make sure that the process is right. Because when I make this promise, I'm kind of old school. Now listen to me. If you want to know where I'm at, I'm about to show you my cards. I think marriage is God's idea between one man and one woman. And when they do, it's a covenant relationship. Shout amen to that. You make a covenant with God. And if you're going to make a promise, I want you to be well prepared. I want you to be prepared for that. So let me give you seven things. If you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, I have a countdown up here that means nothing to me. I will preach as long as I want to. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm really hungry, so I'm not going to preach as long as I want to. Let me give you seven things. If you're taking notes, take these down really quickly. Here's number one. Deal with your issues. If you're going to get married, if you're in a relationship, if you are married and you're thinking, man, what's our problem? What's going on? you got to deal with your issues. There's a lot of childhood issues that come up that you had no idea were happening until it's, it, you, you just, you didn't know this was going on. Come here, Caleb and Cynthia, come here really quick, real quick, 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 quick. There's a wonderful couple. They're pillars in our church. They've been here since our launch. I'll give them a big hand. Come on, put your hands together. I love these people. And he, he wore his preaching coat in case he got to preach today. Here's what happens. I need, come here. Uh, yeah, real quick, Anna. Come, come right here. Here's what happens inside of a relationship when you don't deal with your issues. Now, I hate to do this. You're going to be very upset at me, Anna. But you said I was fat a while ago. So, somebody's got to be the mother. That's you. Come on this side. Somebody's got to be the older person. Okay, that's you. Here's what happens. You don't know. You got Y'all can't hold hands yet. You're not even married yet. You can't. You don't know what's going on between a daughter and her mom. And the issues that have existed here. A mom that never gave her value. A, a parent that never told her she was pretty. A parent that never said anything good about her. Told her she wasn't ever going to make it. There's issues. You, she made her go to a big 12 college. Who would do that to their child? Made, made, them, made them not go to the SEC. Why would you do that to your children? And she, she, she has all these issues with her mom. Now listen. When you get married, the issues with your parent. Here's what always happens. Come here, stand right here. You stand right here, Caleb. You get right in between. Now you hold her hand and her hand. Always, always, always your spouse becomes the, the object of your issue. Now he's in the middle of you and your mama and your daddy issues. And he's looking at you like, why Why you hate your mama? I like your mama. I don't know what's wrong with her. And now she gets mad at him because I didn't deal with this issue. Now I've got this issue. 
You understand what I'm telling you? You got to thank you guys so much. You got to deal with your issues. You got to deal with your stuff. Go to counseling. Get inside of a listen. You can't go into a marriage and think, well, when I say I do, all my issues go away. No, no, no. They don't go away. They just go to your spouse. That's what happens. Listen, listen to me very, very quickly. Whatever, whatever is happening, whatever is happening in their issues, in six months after you're married will become your fault. It just will. I, pr- I promise you this will happen to you if you do not deal with your issues. Married people, we need to deal with our issues. Get in counseling. I- I- I'll meet with you. Brandy will meet with you. I'll pray with you. I'll meet with you a couple of times and I'll give you this word. If you want to get married, I have a- we have a whole premarital counseling. We have a whole process to give you a mentor and somebody to walk with you and counseling because I want you to be prepared. But after this, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you, go. Get- there's some good Christian counselors. There's one of them in the room right now. Good Christian counseling. Go get in a counseling. There's nothing wrong with a sick person going to the doctor. If I've got issues, I need some help. And you need some help. Deal with your issues. Number two, you got to break bad habits. You got to break your bad habits. You just got to. At some point in your life, you're just going to have to. Listen, the good things that that, that are in in their uh, uh, life, the good things that are happening for them, they will get better and the bad things will get worse. If they drink too much now, they're going to drink more when you get married. If they party too much now, it's going to get worse. You, it, will, it will not get better. It will get worse. I promise you. It, you will just be a married drunk. <laughs> Instead of a single drunk. That's just the way it's going to happen. You, just, you can't marry yourself out of bad habits. And you can't pull him or pull her out of bad habits. You've got to get rid of your bad habits before then. Here's what you need to be. I want you to write this down if you're single. You need to be a whole person who's looking for another whole person. Not trying to fix a person With a hole in them. Let me say that again. You need to be a whole person. Who's looking for another whole person. Not a person trying to fix a hole that I see in you. Because you're not the doctor. Only God can fix the holes inside of our hearts. You can't fix what's wrong. You got to be whole. You got to look for somebody who's whole. You got to get rid of bad habits. Come on, if you're addicted to something, get rid of it. Just stop it. I promise you, whatever it is going on right now, if it's gambling or porn or shopping or debt or whatever it is that your thing is, let me tell you, it will. It not only will it get worse in six months after you're married, it'll be your fault. I drink because I don't want to come home to you. I party all night because you nag all the time. Now, wait, wait, wait. You partied before we got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's your fault. You understand what I'm telling you? You got to break bad habits. You okay with that? Y'all still love me? Oh, you do not. The third thing. The third thing. Ladies, do not dress like a commodity. And don't put up with being treated like a commodity. And all the women say amen. You cannot dress like a commodity. Unless you want to get used to living like one the rest of your life. You just can't do it. And you can't put up being treated like one. I'm from Arkansas. Come on, all the deep south people say, oh yeah. Seriously? (laughs) All of y'all from Texas. Oh, okay. All right. And and, in the deep south, I just, I got to tell you just as plain as I can tell you. A fisherman baits his hook based on the type of fish he's trying to catch. 
let, let me say it a different way. Ladies, if you bait your hook with your body, you're going to catch body snatchers. You know what I'm trying to say? You're going to catch somebody uh, uh, that's obsessed with. But you, you get married and you think, why is he always looking at other women's bodies? Because that's how he got you. That's good preaching, ain't it, Sister Griffin? I don't know what else to tell you. Except if this is what you catch him with, it will be what you have to keep him with. Listen to me. If you catch him with your body, you're going to have to keep him with your body. The problem with that is a little something we like to call gravity. So if you don't mind plastic surgery, go ahead and do you, boo. Do what you do. But if you don't want to go under the knife all the time, you can't make it about your body. Let me t- I got a five-year-old little girl. Let me tell you something. You say anything you want to say, but I want that little girl to have value. Honey, you eat- we're not going to fish with that. You can't wear that because that's bait. And we're not going to catch the kind of fish that like that kind of bait. Shout amen to that. Boy, 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 y'all may never come back. If you look at the men in your life, the last 10 relationships you've been in, you say it was him and you, then it was him and you, then it was him and you, then it was him and you. you do you know the common denominator? You. All the men changed. You're the only one that stayed the same. If all men are alike, that's not true. It's just all the men that you date are alike. Women, you can't. We have to, come on, God made you a woman of God and a value. you got to honor that and protect that. You don't need some, you don't need, I don't need that. Listen, if your body can't please him now, he'll be addicted to pornography. Nobody will be enough for him. Two bodies, three bodies, four bodies, however many more bodies he has to have to satisfy that. You know why? Because the fifth one is this. Men, you got to deal with your lust. we got to deal with lust. I know I'm young. I just got to tell you, I'm, I'm, my, my generation, I'm going to bust you right in the mouth on this. Men, we have to quit objectifying women and then wonder why it is that our daughters and it, how does this happen? What, where does our marriage go wrong? This is the reason why. We have to deal with the lust of our eyes. I had a guy one time, I was, I was preaching, and a guy came to the front and he asked me to pray for him. And So usually, you know, when you're a preacher, they just kind of whisper in your ear and he's like, Pastor. Could you, uh, could you ask God to take away all of my sexual desire for women? I said, no, buddy, I will not. And I will not lay hands on you. Go stand over there, and I'm going to pray for you. Well, <laughs> I'm going to pray for you right over there. Sexual desire is not the same thing as lust. Sexual desire comes from God. Lust comes from you. It's the desire of my flesh. It's not sexual desire that's the problem. It's lust. It's the problem that no, it's just not enough. That it, Something's wrong in my eye. You can't feed lust and expect it not to grow. I'm going to preach real honest. I know this is on the podcast, but I'm just going to be real. And if this offends you, I, please hear my heart in this. But you can't listen to music that calls women hoes and then not expect to attract women who live like You just can't do it. You can't feed lust and then not think that thing's going to bite you. You understand what I'm telling you? You can't watch movies that do that. Men, we cannot feed that lust. we got to deal with our lust problems. Because listen, if you got a lust problem before you get married, you will have a lust problem after you get married. You can't promise your way out of preparation. 
You just can't do it. Ladies, you've got to treat yourself with value. Men, single guys, come on, we've got to deal with lust in our heart. We've got, to get, we've got to get rid of pornography. We've got to get rid I'm preaching about it Sunday. We've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid Guys, we've got to get rid of it. Somebody told me one time, I'm not addicted to it. How do you know you're not addicted to it? Well, I can quit anytime I want to. Okay. Well, then quit. Now, quit now. Now's a good time. Just stop. If you're not addicted to it, it shouldn't be that big of a problem, right? Just quit. Just stop it. If you are addicted to it, get some help. Get some counseling. Get an accountability partner. Confess to somebody. Tell us, I need help with lust. I need help with that. Come on, somebody. All the men say amen. I'm not going to let you off the hook, guys. I'm just not. Here's the, here's the next thing. Number five, and i got to hurry my countdown. It doesn't really matter. Don't come out, guys. Postpone the physical component of your relationship as long as you possibly can. Postpone the physical component of your relationship as long as you possibly Do you mean sex? I do. But I also mean other stuff. You don't have to hold hands and kiss and make out on the first date. I don't care what he told you. <laughs> you don't have to. You will not die. I tell you what you will do. You'll unlock something that you cannot relock. You just can't. You can't put toothpaste back in the tube. Once it's squeezed out, it's out. That's why Paul says like this. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. <laughs> Some of you married women are going to use that tonight. You're going to be like, this is, it's in the Bible. I ain't try, Get off me. I ain't trying to. It's in the Bible. Y'all ain't never quoted the Bible in your whole life. Y'all going to be quoting the Bible tonight. That's not what he was talking about. He said it's not good for a man to burn with desire. It's just not, it's not good. It's, it's, it, Paul said it's better that. It's better that you not touch it because that thing will consume you. It will consume you. And you'll end up going further than you ever thought possible to go. Somebody asked me one time, what, what, how far can we go? Well, let me tell you how far you can go. In the Bible, there's only two classifications. There, you are either between men and women. You are either married or you are brothers and sisters. There is no dating relationship in the Bible. It's just not there. I didn't write the Bible, but I'm just telling you, it's not there. In the Bible, you're either married in covenant, or you're a brother and sister in Christ. So when somebody asks me, Pastor, how far is too far? I look them right in the eye and say, you can go as far as you want to with your sister. that would usually turn it down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You'll scoot over a little bit when you're like, oh, that's gross. I don't need. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you, you gotta, you got to postpone it as far as you possibly can. You, gotta, you, you can't unlock that. You can't unlock that sexual thing inside of you. you, you gotta, listen, you can't just date just to have fun. You can't just live together to have fun. You can't just have sleepovers. Sleepovers are for eight-year-olds. Come on, unless you're eight years old, y'all not having a sleepover. You just got to commit. We're not going to sleep over. We're just not going to do it. We're just going, I'm going to prepare now for the relationship I want later. Are you with me in that? Say amen to that. Married people, y'all ought to be running up and down these aisles right now. I'm preaching so good to help some of you. I, you, you have, get, there you go. You've just got to postpone it as far as you can. you just got to say, I'm committing. Uh, well, we're married in God's eyes. No, you're not. No, you're not. Unless you got married in God's eyes, you're not married in God's eyes. I may resign after this, Max. 
Is it sin to have a sleepover? Nope. But it is stupid. <laughs> it's a seed. I grew up in a church. So c- c- come play, so I'll quit acting up. I'm going to end up losing this whole church. Y'all come play. Listen to me. I grew up in a church where everything was a sin. Everything. Well, when everything's a sin, nothing's a sin. You understand what I'm telling you? It devalues sin. So listen, sleepovers aren't sinful. But they are a seed. Every deed is a seed. That's good. If I had teenagers, I'd write that down. Because they're going to look at you one day and go, Mom, that's not a sin. And you're going to be like, I know. But it is a seed. And the, the, the seed that you're planting in the ground right now, you don't want that harvest. Because that harvest is heartbreak. It's, 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 divo- it's messy. It's divorce. It's custody. It's, it's ugly. It's so hard. Why would you want that kind of harvest? Just don't plant that kind of seed. Just postpone it as far as you can. I, I'm going to say it this way. You ready for this? If you're dating and you're in a sexual relationship, listen to me very... I'm just, gonna, I'm, I'm as, I'm just out there, Jerry. i got to just say it. You ready? I want you to circle a date on the calendar a year from today. And I want you to get in the car and circle the calendar. And I want you to say, for another year, we're not going to have sex. We're just going to postpone this. I need some time to get my mind right. I need some time for God to get my heart right. Am I telling you you're bad? Listen, I'm not here to ju- I'm telling I'm not here to judge you or make you feel shame or guilt. Look around this room. There's some stuff here. Your stuff ain't nothing what some of these folks got. Don't feel guilty or shame. I just want you to make a decision. Just make a decision. I'm going to postpone this. We we just need I need I need to make sure I'm preparing so that when I make a promise, I mean it. 6 and 7 I'll do really quickly. You got to get good advice, not just sinful sympathizers. A lot of times we, we ask people who are doing the same thing I'm doing, am I okay? Or we ask people worse. You know what I mean? And, and then you're like, well, I'm not as bad as them. <laughs> I'm not doing that. At least it's not that. that you, you don't look for sinful sympathizers. You got to get good advice. Find somebody in the room been married 30, 40, 50 years. So tell me how, how to do it. It's why I got to preach this way. Because I'm, I, there's a, there's a, there's a giant hole right out in front of you. I'm just trying to keep you from. I just, I just want to help you, not fall in the ditch. Here's the last thing. I know you're going to think this is a sales pitch, but it's really not. I believe this with all of my heart. Again, if you don't like this, you're not going to like City Hills, because I think a way for you to keep your promise. Is to serve in church together. That's number seven. I was 17 years old when Brandy and I met at a youth camp. It was a church youth camp. They preached against everything in the world. The, the preacher would preach against sex. And back in the day when you, you just, you scared people to death. You know what I mean? You just, oh God, the STDs. And you're just terrible. You know, you just say all kind of crazy stuff. You know. But we met, we met at church. We've been married 17 years. It's, it's not easy. We, I, when I tell you it's not perfect, look at me. 
She married to me. It ain't perfect. You can't marry a preacher and, and make it to heaven. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. But for 10 years, we couldn't have babies, and we weathered the storm. And we, and we left everything, and we started a church, and we... It's been hell, but listen... You can make, you know what, you know what, you know what we come back to? For 17 years, so help me God, Brandy. Shake your head if I'm, if I'm lying. That we got married on a Friday. She, she don't know. And on Sunday, we were in church. Am I lying? I'm not lying. For 17 years, we just come here. This is just what we do. This is just what, this is what we do. Is it, is it always easy? No, no, no. But this is the stuff that lasts. You know why? Because the Bible says it this way. Unless the Lord builds the house, then people who are trying to work on it are laboring in vain. He said, you've got to put God at the center of this or this isn't going to work. And listen to me. Thank you, babe. It, if, if you don't put God at the center of your dating, it just will not work. I don't care how many promises you make. I know you promise to love her, but it's going to get hard. I know you promise to cherish her and honor her. I know you promise to obey him. Come on, somebody. I know you promised, but if you didn't prepare, the best way I know how to prepare is just get sold out to church together. Just decide. This is non-negotiable. We're going to bring our kids to church. We're going to, we're going to go to church. We're just, we're, just going, we're just going to do this. Because this was all God's idea anyway. In order for relationships to work, I've just decided I'm going to let the one who designed them define them. In order for my relationships to work, I've just decided I'm going to let God, who, who designed relationships to begin with, to define what they look like. And I think you should do the same. Stand to your feet all over the house. Now I'm over time and we're late. Our loadout team needs some help. So if you... <laughs> I need you to stay and help load out because I've preached too long and they're going to get mad at me on the dream team. But I, I, I leaned over to our worship leader and I said, Pastor, I, I, like, I felt the Holy Spirit. I, did you feel like in worship? I just, I just felt like I felt like God wants to heal relationships today. I felt like there are people in the room today. If you're, matter of fact, you're here with somebody you're dating or engaged to or you're married to, take them by the hand. I feel like God wants to heal. God wants to fix. God wants to make right. Come on, if you're married, take her by the hand. Put your arm around her. If you're dating, if you're engaged, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to pray together something that sounds like this, Lord. We've got to have your help. God, I don't want to mess this up. God, I don't want to mess this up again. God, I want to get this right. God, I don't want to love her like you want me to. I want to, I want to honor him like you want me to. God, I want to make a good decision, a good choice. God, I want to serve God together. I want this to be the center of our lives. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Nobody's looking around. If you're in the room today and you say, man, I need that. I know what he's talking about. Our relationship needs that. Nobody's looking at you, I promise you. But if you're, if you're here today and you say, man, my marriage or my relationship or, or my boyfriend or the, the person I'm engaged to, like, I need this. We desperately need God to move in our relationship. Boldly, I just want you to put your hand up. Nobody's looking. Just put your hand up and say, man, that's me. We need it. Come on, hands are up everywhere. Hands are up everywhere. Now, Jesus, I pray for every hand that's raised. God, if you can raise the dead, surely you can raise relationships back. God, if you can heal cancer, surely you can heal a, a wounded heart. God, if you can work a miracle, 
and a body. You can work a miracle in a heart. I pray you'll do just that. I pray you'll work a miracle. I pray for healing. I pray for engaged couples that, that just say, let's just take a break. Let's just let's make sure we prepare. I pray for dating couples who go, this isn't right. This isn't right. And that you would spare them the heartache. I pray for married couples who are ready to give up. I pray for people who are full of shame and guilt. That there would be healing in the house. Now if you need that, I just want you to raise both your hands in the air. Say, God, I receive that. I, I, I receive that today. I receive healing today. Come on, I, I can pray with you, but I can't pray it for you. Say, God, I repent. I need it. God, I repent of the stuff I'm doing, the stuff I'm living, how I'm, how I'm acting, the stuff that's in my life that I know i got to get rid of. I repent. I turn my heart to Jesus. God, if you'll help me. God, if you'll give me the strength, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get this right. We're going to correct this course. God, I want to do this God's way, the right way. I want it to last. I want this to be a love that lasts. So I pray you'll help me, strengthen me, help him, help her. I believe you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now everybody shout amen.